like, wow, we are in this together. We are a community. We have to share resources. We are all someone and everyone deserves those basic needs and, and those rights. tuned in to the Soul Source podcast. I'm your host, Raquel Amell. Soul Source exists to share stories that are influencing our world today. We bring you the stories you'll only hear here. We go straight to the source of the information to give you the best insight and show you what is being done about these issues and how you can help to make a difference. We're bringing you experts in government, climate change, race relations, cultural shifts, gender challenges, healthcare, and so much more. So buckle up, Soul Source Society, because we're just getting started. Oh, and thank you for tuning in to Soul Source. Now, in full disclosure, I want to let you know we intended to launch Soul Source in the coming months. However, with everything that has been transpiring with coronavirus and this pandemic and how it's impacting our country, we felt that it was time to launch the stories that matter now. So I'm bringing you Soul Source from my living room. So many people right now, they are being severely impacted by this pandemic. One area being hit especially hard is the homeless community. And people in this sector, they already have little and limited access to some of the things we take for granted every single day. And so I'm joined today with Lauren Moan. She is the shelter manager at Pillars. Lauren, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, A lot of people right now are being told to stay inside. And what do you do when a pandemic hits and you're homeless? How can you stay inside when you don't have a home to stay in? What happens? Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty realistic question. So um, thankfully, we have places like Pillars, um, two shelters within Pillars that people now can stay um, 24 hours in. One of our shelters already is 24 hours, the adult and family shelter on uh, 400 North Division. And we usually are only an overnight temporary um shelter. So we we do close from the hours of 8 a.m. to 4.30. That's when people go to work. Um, you know, people go to medical appointments or whatever they need to do throughout the day. Um, and then we also have a resource center that's open. That's where our folks would usually go during the day. And they we bring resources in, can charge their phones, they can um, check the news, um, you know, get some coffee, things like that, stay warm. And it also serves outreach clients. So people literally sleeping um, in a place meant for human or not meant for human habitation. So literally streets. Um, a car, a park, things like that. So now that we are 24 hours, we made that um, change kind of like effective immediately uh, once all this hit and the bars and the restaurants closed. And then once the library and the transit center closed, really our clients have nowhere to go during the day. So we um, we made it work. We scheduled, we flexed some staff and actually ended up closing the resource center to our clients and then flexing the staff from the resource center over to us so that People could stay indoors all day and not have to go anywhere. Um, so on top of that, we have um, we have van drivers that would van people downtown in the morning to get to work or get to the transit center, and then a lunch run as well as an evening run. So we just called off all those volunteers, left people in the building, 
um, and just trying to keep as many people as least people um, in contact with, you know, people here as well as the building. Um, Cause there's a lot of people here. So kind that's of, like undertaking. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Truly. So I, I mean, I'm assuming you guys have got to be full right now, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 We, um, we normally, uh, go to 60 people, 60 clients a night. Um, now that's depending on a male to female ratio because we still have to separate the females and the males. Um, it is, we are, we have just one big room. Um, so we kind of separate them by rows and by their bins where their personal belongings are in. Um, so again, that's, that's determined on like the ratio of people. Um, so r- right now we've actually gone down to 50 so that we could put about two feet of space between the clients and try to, you know, um, go by those uh, social distancing rules. Of course, it's six feet. We can't, we don't have room for six feet. Hey, two feet is better than usually we're trying to fit people, as many people in here as possible um, with our wait lists down and the amount of clients that are sleeping outside our outreach contacts haven't skyrocketed or anything. So we we made the executive decision to go down to 50 Um which is what our old capacity was. And for some reason, our numbers have just been pretty high in the in the recent uh, months and a year, really, two years. Um, so we went up to 60. Uh, so yeah, we are full. Um, we do have uh, a waiting list some days, unfortunately, just like the shelter does downtown. Um, but it seems like a lot of those people are self-resolving. And um, I'm hoping that people are a little more compassionate, you know, like if it's a family member or um you know, something, somebody that you may have been estranged from, they might take those people back in. Yeah. Um, during this time. Yeah. So, I mean, that was one of the questions I had for you was social distancing, because that's hard to do keeping everybody there. But then on top of that, come the the hygiene stuff and the, and the cleaning constantly to try to keep this down. How are you guys coping with that? Yes. Um, so our normal routines are are staying normal. So um, for instance, I'll run you through a day real quick. So at 8 a, uh, excuse me, 6 a.m., uh, everyone gets up, they can shower, they can eat breakfast. Um, then we do mandatory chores. So when someone presents in the evening, we mark down chores for everyone, kind of like a requirement. Um, and so we clean the bathrooms, we mop and clean the floors multiple times a day. Um, we, they clean their mats when they lay them down as well as, um, pick them up in the morning. So all of our normal cleaning, um, in chores and routines have just been like amplified times 10. Um, so <laughs> thankfully, um, we have the resources right now. We haven't, you know, enough like wipes in, in, in our normal cleaning agents that, we ran on the CDC list to make sure that they were killing, you know, a possible um, COVID germs, we should say. So um, on top of that, we are just requiring mandatory hand washing multiple times a day. Um, Kind of like before you line up for dinner, you got to go wash your hands or else you can't, you know, line up for dinner. And no one has um, pushed back on that at all. The clients have been very receptive. The client's go above and beyond right now they clean like i said normal chores but they are constantly wiping down you know the the hot spots we call them the bubbler the or water fountain um the <laughs> the um like door handles and you know all all the hot spots where where people sit they are going above and beyond and cleaning and then the staff come in and bleach everything and, and clean everything as well um so for the cleaning question that's that's what we've been doing we've just been uh, ramping it up 
yeah, like I said, times 10. Um, and then the spatial distancing, we're just asking that clients as much as possible, you're sitting at a table across from each other, please like try to sit, you know, at six feet away, not right next to each other. The sleeping arrangements aren't ideal for six feet away, um, but we're, we're really trying, hence why we went down to the, to the 50 um, people max. So we're kind of like staggering people coming in. So they're not all in a line back to back to back. We're kind of like staggering. And a lot of people are staying here during the day. Um, and lunch is being delivered here, so nobody has to go anywhere. Oh, that, that was, you just keep going right Sorry. into my next question, Lauren. That's perfect. So I was going to ask you is, sure. are people, is that what's going on? Are people staying there all day? Um, are you asking that they stay all day or are they just making that choice? Um, we are, we're preferring that people stay most of the day. Now, at the same time, you're in one room with the same people all day, all night, next day, all day, all night, you know, so we are, I'm kind of making like a mandatory outside time so that people are getting active and stretching their legs. And I got one, got some basketballs and footballs. And like, as long as you stay on the property, great. Now I can't tell them that they can't go, not go to the gas station to get soda or, um, you know, run in, in, Get something to put so it's easy for them to stay here now people are still going to work though we still have probably i don't know 15 to 20 clients going to work um so that's where people go during the day normally um so they're going you know with with transit center still open thank goodness um they are going on their normal daily routines and the people that would frequent the resource center seem to just be staying here all day wow that is awesome how is morale overall i mean it sounds like people are being very cooperative which is amazing and then just how how are people feeling dealing with all of this i think last week everyone was really scared and really overwhelmed with everything the constant changes when this is your home you know that's like going in your house and changing a bunch of your normal routine so a little bit um, but I think this week, Monday, it just was a different, like, just a different vibe in here. It just was a different aura. Like, people were in, people were extra helpful. Now we kind of get the, the that initial, like, panic out of the way. And now people are really settling in, connecting with staff. Um, luckily, our, our resource center, um, we have resource center advocates here, as well as a recovery coach and peer support specialist. So we have someone that's actively and knows and is trained and certified on how to you know, work with people that struggle with AODA and mental health. So we couldn't have asked for a better, um, you know, transfer of um, employees over here. Um, so our, our staff are, you know, we're, we're stretched over seven days, 24 hours now, but no one's complained. I mean, I just, I couldn't ask for a better team. I've come in on the weekends, family members have come in, like the amount of support is overwhelming. Um, and the clients, they feel that. If we're panicking, they're going to panic. And if we're worried, you know, they're going to worry. So we really have to just stay kind of calm, cool, collective. I make an announcement almost every night, like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's open. This is what's closed. This is who is hiring, et cetera. Um, and just keep them updated on everything, you know, that, that you or I would know. And part of that, things have been changing constantly, every day almost, with what what is allowed, what's not allowed. And mm -hmm. Governor Tony Evers, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers, his um, safer at home order goes into effect March 25th. That's today. And yep. I know other states have implemented even more strict enforcements. Are you seeing um, a limited number of people um, coming into the shelter or helping with the shelter as a result of that? How is, how is that 
um, order impacting you guys? Sure. For staff, um, we're pretty much like the same, <clears throat> excuse me, the same um, type of classification as a hospital, like required mandatory workers. So we're essential workers. We're not going to close. Um, now, pillars um, in general, if you can work from home, they said absolutely do that. But when you're in the shelter on the front, the really the front front lines, um, we need all of our staff. Year. So some serious health issues or a family member with some serious health issues, then um, we are working on a policy to help those people. Or if someone is taking care of someone that, you know, may be exposed or sick, we're working on policies to um, make sure that our staff are taken care of. But thankfully, that really hasn't happened too much. Um, so other than that, the volunteer piece of it, though, it has um, hurt us a little bit. And we didn't expect people, you know, we, we appreciate the volunteers. That is how we others and um, now not having volunteers, we're like, wow, you know, we, we always value our volunteers. And then once you don't have someone to help, it's even more of a realization for you. Like, wow, we really like, literally we run off the community and, and these volunteers. So thankfully if um, people are still dropping off food for dinners. Um, so we kind of have a few main volunteers. We have like a breakfast shift at the adult shelter. Um, and then now we need like a lunch shift because we we're open now. So we didn't uh, ever have that. And then the night volunteers are, they come in, they serve, they bring the food. Um, so we never really had like a kitchen program at, at our shelter. Um, so now people are still dropping the food. And then we have a, we have, um, a client a chef and in great health. Um, so he's been helping us um, to kind of run the kitchen program as well as we have the, it's hit or miss. Like some nights we have a group in, some nights we don't. Um, so we're just kind of going with the flow and um, being prepared for if and when, uh, you know, more people cancel. But people that are still dropping off food and not serving are helping tremendously. We can get the food out. It's it's getting the food and, and prepping it and all of that. Um shelter actually um, they got hit a little harder than we did um with with food the uh excuse me the dinner volunteers canceling so uh, Bethy Bournes is um she worked for us she's um project brush as well so she's kind of our she's our supplies lady getting all the supplies that we need list ready and then all the volunteer um missing pieces as well as Tony Schneider that's our um, volunteer coordinator so the two of them they are collaborating um and trying to get us like a like a spreadsheet of where we have meals and where we don't where we have volunteers and where we don't um so they have been working scrambling to do that and we actually are going, uh we put together like a registry so it's kind of like a like a you know like a wedding registry or a baby registry so that we can put on our our website and say, hey, these are the top 10 needs that we have, but we only need 20 of these or we only need 40 of these so that we're not inundated with stuff that we can't use, can't store, don't need. Um, we really need specific, specific items right now. Um, so they have been working diligently and, and trying to get it done, but we have definitely felt the the loss of our, of our volunteers. We do have a couple uh, troopers hanging in there, still coming in. Um, so it's just amazing still that we we have a lot of volunteers still coming in, but we need more. Yeah, and, and it's hard right now to volunteer to that point um, to Absolutely. actually be, be there. But 
you actually had something really, really cool happen to you earlier yeah. this week. People really are, I mean, they can give and not physically be in, you know, there where they're risking their health. So mm-hmm. talk with me mm-hmm. a little bit about what happened to you. Sure. So, um, like I said, due to um, not having volunteers, I was going out um, to Walmart after work at about 536 o'clock. I believe this was Monday um, so that I could get some paper like plates and cups and silverware so that because the staff were, kind, you know, we're we're bare bones staff right now. So. Um, so I went to the store um, to get some paper products so that the volunteers that usually would do that. Now the staff don't have to clean up and do dishes and do all of that. Um, and I was walking through the store with a big car, you know, full to the top of paper products and juice and breakfast stuff. Um, and I got to the checkout and the lines were, you know, atrociously long as, as I assumed. Um, and I got up to the front, waited, you know, probably took 15 minutes and I asked her right away, Hey, is there any restrictions on, you know, like paper plates, cups, silverware, not toilet paper, paper towel, like I figured in wipes. Um, and she said, no, not that I, not that I, I don't think so. She um, started checking things out, and then um, one of the customer support or like a manager came over and was like, "Hey, there are restrictions on that." Um, and I'm like, "Oh, even for you know, just checking for a nonprofit." And he said, "Yep, yep, it, it's in. It applies to everyone." And I'm like, "Absolutely, like I get it. Every you know, our community, other people need need the stuff too." So she was kind of like taking the stuff out of the cart, and um, the man across from me, not in my line, but across from me um overheard and it was taking a while you know it's kind of like you can hear what's going on in the aisles next to you if you're kind of listening oh for Um, sure yeah and yeah so he was uh pretty much almost checking out and he's like hey give me give me one of every of those things and I will buy them for you because I can only get one of each so I went from you know 10 of each things to one of each of the things. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to stop at like 10 different grocery stores and get what I need. Um, and he just said, give me one of each and I'll pay, f- I'll pay for them. And he threw them in my cart. And then the lady behind him said the same thing. Give me one of each. And then the woman behind uh, in my line said it, she had like four or five kids um, and, and she did it. And the lady behind her did it. And it was just like a chain reaction of people taking these, paper products and stuff off of off the conveyor belt and I just was and I had to wait for everyone to check out so I'm just standing there with my cart just like with tears in my eyes as people are just walking out and throwing things in my cart it was just it was just the coolest the coolest thing but I didn't even mention this um in my other interviews on the news that um the little one of the little girls that the mother <clears throat> with the four or five kids um she's like I think it's really cool that you do that she was like, I don't know, six or seven. And I was like, oh my gosh, she just was the most precious little thing. And she even like her, just for them, for her mom to do that, it just showed like what an act of compassion and kindness. Like I can just imagine what those kids are going to grow up in and amount to one day, you know, it just, it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, that is, that is so cool. And, and I mean, what is that? It's just like gives me goosebumps telling that story. I know, I know. <laughs> what does it mean to you to know that despite everything that's going on, people are struggling, but they're still stepping up. They're still supporting people in ways that honestly we don't see on a typical normal day. Yeah, yeah. And not that people don't give, but just in this time of crisis, people aren't working and people are struggling right now and don't have 
normal paychecks or they're applying for unemployment. And I don't know what those family situations are. You know, they, who knows if they're struggling or not. And they literally didn't, no hesitation to just give to random people that they never even, that they've never even met. And um, it just, it means the world. And I think everyone, the amount of times that that was shared, I just think that people just needed a positive story and like, wow, we are in this together. We are a community. We have to share resources. We are all someone and everyone deserves those basic needs and and those rights too. So it was, it was I'll never forget it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with actions like what you just experienced at the grocery store, I have kind of a philosophical question, but I'm just kind of curious sure. what your thoughts are. Um, because what do you think with ultimately um, humanity will come as a result of this pandemic? I ask this just because we're told right now to social distance ourselves, be away mm -hmm. from each other. Yep. But something like that, and there's so many more instances of situations very similar to that, where people are actually coming together and they're actually uniting. Do you think that that spirit of giving and that spirit of community will continue even when this is over? I really hope so. And I really think, I really think it will, if, if not like amplify it. I just think we all kind of just had a reality check. Like this is, we, none of us have clearly ever experienced this. This is something that a lot of countries I've never experienced. And it, from what what I'm seeing, I really hope that that continues. And I hope that when people are more stable and, um, you know, maybe get that job back or, or whatever, they have money to spend at our local restaurants and small businesses. And instead of traveling out of the country, let's travel in the country, you know, like just in general, let's just get this economy going again. Give if you can. Or just take care of your family if that's, you know, everyone's situation in, in life is different. So if you have it and, and you have that extra 20 bucks to spare instead of going to Starbucks that week, you know, that that's where my mind goes. Like, please, please give back to whatever humane society, anything, any nonprofit, Boys and Girls Club, just any of these big places that are going to need some serious like we're going to need our volunteers back. We're going to need funding. We're going to need, um, you know, maybe, I don't know if there will be any type of like a relief, like a, like a grant or something coming back for hospitals and, and all these frontline workers, who knows if something like that will happen. We can't bank on it. Um, I'm really hoping that people um, will give back more and and give their time back and and once we all can get out of the house everyone's gonna want to go do everything i know i am so oh, yeah. i'm like hey let's get this you know let's get our at least the appleton area um stimulated and let's let's um you know spend our spend our funds wisely really. when we talk about spending money wisely i mean People, some people still are able to give a little bit right now. And you mentioned a little bit of some of the things that are going on, but what, what are you in need of right now at the shelter? What can people do right now to help you guys through this? Is it donating food? Is it donating money? What, what is the best way to help? Um, right now, um, and I know that I never want, you know, want to ask this, but like monetary donations are the best for us because the, cha the needs are changing. I mean, day by day, week by week right now. So we don't know next week what exactly we have a good idea. We have a great inventory of what we have, um, for cleaning. So, you know, we really need cleaning supplies and Clorox wipes and all that, but you can't find them anywhere. So those are our most immediate needs, but nobody can really find them anywhere. Or M95 masks. Um, mm -hmm. 
So what we really need is is like dinner group volunteers to to drop off big dinners to feed sixty to eighty people. Um, and um, like you said, without coming in and volunteering and actually giving your time, um, that would help us the most. Of course, now that we're open during the day, um, we need like non-perishables. So um, big cans of like corn or beans and um, like snack foods and drinks or powdered drinks so we can make big pitchers full of stuff. We we don't have that much storage space for our fridge and freezer. The other shelter does actually, um, but we do not on site. So we just need things that aren't going to expire that uh, worst case scenario, if we have like a large like casserole for dinner, we could give them um, cookies and a like a bag of um, you know, we have a meal. Um, so I, I don't think no one will go hungry here, but um, just giving anything you can on uh, the Pillars website would um, would really help so we can kind of go with the ebb and flow of, of the needs. Yeah, that's got to be hard right now with you guys being a nonprofit and this just does not help. Yeah. Yep. 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 So we just, and we're, you know, we still want to go on our normal programming and still are staffing and still, uh, you know, with shortages, maybe paying extra staff. So those are all things that would help us like maintain as pillars and kind of keep our budget where, where we wanted to keep it. Um, or, or if not, you know, step it up a notch. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to talk today. Um, I, your story is incredible and I hope we can get you some help and help out the, the shelter a little bit during these hard times. Yes, I really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, giving me the time to talk about this, this awesome organization. And I just want to take a moment to thank all of you for listening to Soul Source and staying tuned because we're just getting started with these stories that you'll only hear here. We'll have many more interviews with those impacted by the coronavirus and how as a community, which I just want to say the one cool thing about the word community is that it ends in the word unity. And you heard it mentioned in this interview and it'll circle back so many more times as we're talking to people about how we can unite as a community during this pandemic and how we can overcome this and be stronger together. We'll see you next time.